You're listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ 750 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you programs about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago. Good morning. Welcome to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 7.50 a.m. Our phone number, 312-255-8408. The time is exactly 8.01 on this hot, hot Thursday morning in Chicago, WNDZ, 7.50. Father Greg Sakowitz, the rector of Holy Name Cathedral, and co-hosting Mark Teresi, assistant to the rector at Holy Name Cathedral, which is me. Morning, Mark. How are you doing? I'm doing as well as can be expected, like everybody else. Yeah, I think uh, the new norm is how you doing okay, but you know, each day is a gift from God, and it's summertime. It doesn't feel like summer. It's hot, but boy, by way of activities, but it's just nothing. But you make the best of it. But there are ebbs and flows. Remember, you were saying earlier in the week how it doesn't feel like summer. We're in July, and... It didn't feel like spring. No. But we, I mean, you kind of kept away from family, activities, no baseball, and uh, what they're going to try to start in a few weeks, we'll see. But you got a little story to share? I do. I thought, how do we, how do we handle this pandemic? And here's how our little five-year-old Lydia handles it. We were visiting our son, his wife, and their four little girls um, on Saturday, and we keep our distance. We have our mask on. Uh, they were in their little pool, and she figured out a way to engage Papa Treats by taking this huge water gun and continuing <laughs> to squirt me all afternoon. So, With her super soaker. Yes, exactly. So it wasn't quite that, but she just figured, <laughs> if I'm going to play with Grandpa, I'm going to get him wet. And she was socially distancing. But, you know, Father right. John Boyvin, uh, an associate of the cathedral, a wonderful priest, who turned 70 at the end of the month, and oh, wow. he looks about 45. He sure does. He says, he says, he says we should not call it social distancing. We should call it physical distancing, but yet be socially connected. That's a good way of looking at it. I like that, to be socially, not social distancing, but physical distancing and socially connected. I like that. I'm going to start using that more and more. And figuring out Because socially distancing means like we're so apart from people. But no, physical distancing, yes, but not social distancing. We have a great program lined up, 8.03 in the morning here on Thursday. Joining us for an update on Renew My Church is Father Jason Malavi, a tremendous priest of the Archdiocese of Chicago, the Cardinal's Delegate to Renew My Church, Strategic Planning and Implementation. We'll discuss how they have been able to move forward with the Renew My Church initiative despite COVID-19 pandemic. Father Jason Malavi, welcome to the program this morning. How are you doing, Jason? Outstanding. Good morning to you and all the listeners. I tell you, I don't hear too many people say outstanding the last four months, but... Uh, We've always been very, very positive, and God bless you. And, uh, well, I take it back. Our engineer, Brian Hockey, mm-hmm. Hitman Brock, <laughs> I don't think I've ever had a, had a bad day like uh, Father Jason. So, Jason, with all that is happening with Renew My Church, how has this been handled in spite of COVID-19? 
You know, I'm really happy to be on the show and to maybe first remind listeners about Renew My Church. What is Renew My Church? Because we, we still find that there's a there's a misconception and, and, and a, a big question mark when people talk about Renew My Church. So it will be five years ago that Cardinal Sutich Cardinal invited us to a time of renewal, five years ago in September. This Has it September. been five years, September 15? No. That's mm-hmm. right. That's we had right. a big was, priest gathering. Five That's years right, ago. The end of September 2015. Sure. Uh, and he called us to this time of renewal, and so we've been embarking upon renewal. And, you know, I think that one of the areas of renewal certainly is structural, but the biggest area of renewal that we have to look at is our own personal journey of faith. Uh, you know, we, we, we could talk about the Church, we could talk about all the things that are happening in the world, but so seldom do we really talk about how we're doing in our own, in our own journey of faith, how we're walking as Jesus' disciples. So that is the fundamental call for Renew My Church, is, is how are we doing as disciples? Are we deepening our discipleship? And further, mm-hmm. are we able to share our faith with others? Because that's the only way it passes on, from father and mother to child, uh, from from friend to friend, from neighbor to neighbor. That's the way that Jesus did it, and that's the way we're called to share our faith, is, is really relationally with one another. So uh, to talk more about the structural part, because you know I think that's the overall general... And before you move on there, Jason, I think you hit on something important, and that is... Yeah. Two words that Catholics are uncomfortable with is the word evangelization. They see like going door-to-door with a Bible. That's sent that very Protestant mm-hmm. term sometimes. It's very Catholic, but it's their mentality. And number two, about sharing the faith. I think many Catholics have trouble sharing the faith. When I talk to them about sharing the faith and their own life experience, they come to realize they've been doing it more than they thought mm-hmm. and never called it that. That's right. Well, and discipleship right. is also yeah. a word. Uh-huh. People feel I'm not worthy. Yeah. I'm not. No, the priests. Well, I'm are, not a disciple. The priests are di- the disciples of Jesus and word. And by our followers. baptism, we are all called to yeah. be disciples and followers of the Lord. And so it. Uh, but you know, you're right, Jason. Many people still have a misconception of what Renew My Church is, though it's been going on for almost five years. And uh, but now, when the whole implementation, it was certainly thrown back for this year a bit with COVID-19. Could, could, Jason, can I ask you a question? Uh, sure. Not the broader. The You're administrator of a parish. How is it, how is it going there uh, uh, in terms of the phases and readjusting to this whole thing? Because you're basically your pastor there, right? You're, you're administrator, but you're pastor. That's right. That's right. And I'll happily talk about both of those, both yeah. for the larger spectrum of Renew My Church in what we call Wave 3, mm-hmm. because this is the actually the fourth wave. Uh, we had zero, one, two, and three, the, the, the fourth wave of groupings. Remember that the whole diocese was divided into 100 groupings. Mm-hmm. And this past academic year, the year that we just finished, the fiscal year we just finished, we were working with 14 uh, different groupings from around the archdiocese. And by and large, those 14 groupings before COVID, those 14 groupings had received, had discerned what might be the best structure for them for moving forward, many unifications and many closings as well. Uh, they had already discerned that, and the cardinal had, had made the final decision that that would be the direction that they would go. And so they knew that. They knew their direction, and they knew what would be their outcome when COVID hit. What was that? The middle of March. Mm-hmm. So what it really impacted was people's ability to um, come together and start planning for the new parish, start start unifying themselves and uniting ministries and uniting um, 
uh, a people and, and, and parish vision for moving forward. That's what it really impacted. Well, so I'll give an example, Jason, that is a year ago, I remember vividly when Father Wayne Watts up north had that beautiful uh, picnic gathering liturgy, had about a thousand people. That's, That's right. what you couldn't do this year. Mm-hmm. That's right. It, it has impacted that. So, for instance, mm-hmm. you know, I, as Mark was saying, I'm the pastor or the administrator. I, I was the administrator of Assumption up until, you know, nine days ago. Oh. I was the administrator <laughs> of Assumption BVM Parish, uh, but we were part of Wave 3. And so we did, we hit discernment. For, for months and months and months, we met. Representatives from all three parishes met, and we offered feedback to the Cardinal, and the Cardinal decided that the three parishes in East Little Village would unite to become one parish, Our Lady of Tepeyac, Assumption BVM, and St. Roman. St. Roman and Assumption both had about 500 people on Sunday, mm-hmm. and Our Lady of Tepeyac about 800 people on Sunday. So united, we had about 1,800 people on Sunday, and we know that. And I experienced very, very closely firsthand to have 500 people. It's very difficult to have uh, staff and to have the vitality mm-hmm. that's necessary to pass on the faith to the next generation. It's very, we're doing that on a shoestring budget, and we're missing a lot of the steps. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what we know about very small parishes. So all three parishes will unite together, our Lady of Tepeyac, and uh, there was a new pastor named... Uh, and then Father Tom Bohar will take over as pastor, uh, or did take over as pastor July 1st. He's currently on a 30-day retreat, but he'll take over as pastor uh, uh, full-time when he comes back at the end of July. Because it makes it very hard, Jason, and that is uh, when he comes back, he cannot have a gathering of the entire faith community right. now joined because even Holy Name Cathedral, which seats 1,200, our capacity right now is about 200, you know, right. with uh, physical distancing. And that makes a huge difference. So you'd like to gather with a thousand people as the uh, new happening emerges, but we just can't do that right now. So what we're left with is our ability to do only what we can, which has mm-hmm. uh, been made unbelievably successful with with uh, tools like Zoom and Microsoft Teams, uh, Zoom specifically. So. You know, what we've been able to do, uh, it, it, to keep staying specifically in East Little Village, we've been able to gather people together on Zoom calls over and over and over and over again, um, whether it's just the lectors, the lectors coming together from all three parishes on Zoom to meet each other, or the Eucharistic ministers coming together on Zoom to meet each other uh, over this electronic platform, or our grouping team members coming together to check in and see how everyone's doing. Uh, it's been really, there was, there was a prayer group that came together every Wednesday for a while uh, just to check in with one another. Uh, and, you know, they're, they're not huge numbers. Maybe we'd have 35 or 40 people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's better than not being connected at all. And people are so grateful to see each other's faces. Now, that's been a huge learning curve that we, we have this platform that we can and should be using uh, even more and more as we move through the COVID pandemic. That was a big learning for us, and that's the way we did try to stay connected as much as possible, and that's been happening across uh, in many of the unifications that are happening. So there are, there are mergers occurring, but that also means closures, and this is a difficult time to even celebrate a closure. How do people, you know, your parish, as you knew it, is going to be merged, uh, and how do you uh, how have how have pastors handled that? 
Mark, that's that's the question uh, that we've really been keeping our eye on, and the Cardinal is very intent on making sure we're doing it as humanely as possible, mm-hmm. um, because there are a good number, 14, 14 parishes that actually will end their ministry. They've been united to another parish, and they will end their ministry, 14, and that's a big number. Wow. That's a big number, yeah. And, uh, you know, so they, they really felt like they had a double a double, a double punch in the gut. The first mm-hmm. was hearing the news, even though they... They offered feedback, and they knew uh, that they were not going to be able to sustain themselves as a parish community. They knew that that that, that the closing on most of the cases, um, the the first punch in the gut was the the hearing the reality. Oh my gosh, that's right, we are going to close. The cardinal has made the final decision. In fact, the feedback we gave him will lead to a, a closure. And the second one was then, you know, uh, hearing that we can't do all the closing ceremonies as we would have liked to have mm-hmm. done. Uh, Which is so very important. Yeah. So I think, no, I know that the pastors that are walking with these two communities that are uniting into one are very aware of that. And we're talking with all the pastors and we're gathering them together to make sure that whenever we can be able to celebrate that, we will celebrate that. Mm-hmm. Uh, whatever that means, having legacy days or having, uh, you know, remembering such and such parish and coming together for special masses and, and, and uh, remembering, the, remembering the previous places of worship. You know, Jason, so even, even along those lines is, you know, this has been a, a time of transition for associates and pastors. So pastors who are leaving a particular parish, pastors who are retiring, <clears throat> pastors who are now coming on board to the new parish, uh, it can't be celebrated properly because of the of COVID-19. You know, there's this whole sense of giant celebrations. There's so much closure that didn't happen. Correct. Graduates, confirmations, oh, gosh, first communions. Yeah retirements, uh, closings of parishes. There's so many moments of closure that didn't happen as we need as human beings. But what, I, what I've been heartened to see is some of the uh, ways the parishes have celebrated with their pastors who are retiring or leaving. So I, on Facebook, you could see a number of uh, drive-bys. Uh, the pastor stands out after Mass in front of the yeah. parish, and there's cars and lines of cars that, that that's say farewell. So Honky. people are really finding ways to su- su- fulfill the need to have some kind of closure. Uh, sometimes it's a drive-by, uh, a drive-by, you know, farewell. Right. <laughs> Not another by. kind of drive-by. <laughs> <laughs> well, on that happy note, we're going to take a little break. WNDZ, 7.50 a.m., Catholic Chicago on your dial. Number Jason three, wasn't even trying to be funny. No, I know. <laughs> 312-255-8408, Father Greg Sackwitz. Uh, we're on with Father Jason Malave, and we're going to continue our discussion on Renew My Church. But also I want to talk to Jason a little bit about your priesthood and how connected you've been in so many ways with so many people and how that impacts how you see this program. So we'll be back in a few minutes. It has been inspiring to see how individuals, families, and communities have found ways to help one another throughout 2020. At Catholic Charities, we usually have 35 to 40 events a year where we gather and enjoy time together in support of important programs and services while raising critical funds that allow us to respond to the growing number of people who are in need of the most basic necessities in life. Many of our events are now virtual. If you would like to be a sponsor for one of these events, please call 312-948-6864. 
That's 312-948-6864. Also, visit us at catholiccharities.net slash events and follow us on social media too. We so look forward to when we can resume our events in person and reconnect with our friends and partners throughout Chicagoland. For now, please consider donating to Catholic Charities so our vital work can continue. Thousands of people in Chicago count on Catholic Charities every day. Please help us help them today. Learn more at catholiccharities.net. We invite you to watch Catholic Chicago this weekend, featuring a conversation with Cardinal Blaise Supich and video highlights from across the archdiocese. Here's host Todd Williamson. We'll talk with Cardinal Blaise Supich about the outreach efforts underway by the Catholic Church to help people in need during the COVID-19 pandemic. We'll show you how online masses have become a common way of worship, and we'll give you a sampling of how teachers and students in Catholic schools are being creative and productive during the health crisis. Watch Catholic Chicago Friday at 7 p.m. on Chicago Loop Cable, Channel 25, and Sunday afternoon at 3 on the Comcast Network, Channel 100. Throughout our nation and our world, people of all faiths have recently been joining fervently in all kinds of prayer. They have found that coming together in prayer is a source of comfort and strength. In this spirit of unity, the Archdiocese of Chicago has introduced a call to prayer, a telephone line dedicated to prayer. If you would like to join with another person in prayer, call 312-741-3388. This line is staffed from 9 a.m. to 9 p.m. daily with parishioners from across the Archdiocese of Chicago. These volunteers are here to listen to you, offer support, and pray with you. A call to prayer includes a 24-hour voicemail and email options as well. Experience this wonderful opportunity to join with people just like you who trust in the power of prayer. That phone number again is 312-741-3388. Let's pray together today. back, WNDZ, 750 AM on your dial, Catholic Chicago, Father Greg Sackowitz, Mark Tracy, we're here, Father Jason Malavi. That's Jason. a nice uh, summer shirt you have on, still has the ketchup stains. <laughs> no, it's a red <laughs> shirt. It, it <laughs> announces my ethnicity, thank you very much. Um, Jason, we're back. I like to interrupt, Mark. <laughs> Jason, are you there? I am. Oh, okay, good, good, good. <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to interrupt the two of you going back no, and forth, you no. know. <laughs> I, I a, Join I, in on it, Jason. So, Heck. so I had a question. I'm going, I mean, because I know your, you, but also your priestly ministry for a long time, you know, so I way back, even Joseph Ott's back. Jason, you entered Niles College what year, 80 what? I, I was in the high school seminary and graduated in 89. So I recruited you to Niles College, and then both Mark and I were on the faculty when you arrived as an 18-year-old college freshman. In 1889, that's 89. right. So, and, uh, and Talk about a, a first-round draft choice. Oh, yeah, and this is just an accurate reporting that you've always been a great pastor, uh, people-oriented, always, a, particularly when you were at— Barts with the retired priests, 
how, how do you, I mean, you're, you're so connected that way in all those years, all those parishes. How do you translate to kind of more of a distance job from the folks? Well, certainly administrating uh, Assumption BVM Parish has been a real gift for the last two years. Mm-hmm. That's been a real gift, and uh, I, I, I really satisfied my need to be stay, to stay connected to people through that administration. And mm-hmm. I'm okay to you know to let Father Tom Bohar take up the reins now. Uh, but I think that as I think about you know the uh, Cardinal um, Francis George and, and the, the later years of his uh, role his leadership here in the Archdiocese of Chicago, I think we knew that, that we would have to do something bold and creative and new um, once the new Archbishop Cardinal came along. I think we all as priests knew that. Mm-hmm. And so we knew that we knew that our culture had changed, and we knew that our parish structures were, were very large. We had many parishes, and they weren't anywhere near as full as they were before. So we knew always in our gut that something needed to change. So I admire Cardinal Supich when he came came forth to the Archdiocese in, in 2014. Within a year, after a year of discerning, the, the Archdiocese called us to this time of renewal creep because the renewal really does affect both of those areas, both the spiritual dimension, how our, our, our spiritual lives, how our, how our faith can transform the culture around us, and then also the structural piece of our of our archdiocese that needed to change. So I, I, I'm humbled to be uh, working so closely with Cardinal Supich and, and his vision for the diocese, which means vitality, which means that every parish is going to have a vitality, which maybe wasn't there five years ago or ten years ago, that every parish is really going to draw people closer to Jesus, allow people to re-engage and ignite their discipleship in a way that they perhaps haven't, and then because they've ignited that discipleship, being able to then evangelize or share, share their faith with, with others who they come in contact with. And you're right, uh, I think, Mark, you said that people do it, but they don't call it that, but mm-hmm. perhaps being a little more intentional on how they, how they uh, share their faith. You know, Jason, so, just, um, just in a very practical way, Jason, uh, I was ordained in 79, you know, 100 years ago, our class was 31 men for Chicago. The class of 80, the last big class in Chicago ordained, was 20. That's 51 men in two years. You were ordained in 1997. How many ordained in your class? Uh, there are, uh, there were seven of us. No, seven of us. Yes, seven yeah, of seven, us. Seven and, ordained. Uh, I mean, just look yeah. at the numbers. And the other thing is, now, in the work that you do, you've gone from pastorate, as Mark has mentioned, to the present Renew My Church, uh, in your in the role you do, what energizes you the most mm-hmm. in what you're doing right now? Um, I'll share with you that you know, as we were researching Renew My Church and really looking at what this movement would entail, I had the chance to go to Boston, and uh, I'm not sure if I shared the story before, but in Boston I saw an archdiocese that was on fire. Uh, in the best positive sense, not in the negative sense, but mm-hmm. in the positive sense, because they had a discipleship campaign. And they just, for a couple years, now after the sexual abuse cases and after the horrible closings, they just said, look, we're going to focus on being disciples of Jesus. And and the, every person who I talked to, and I visited four or five parishes, every person that I talked to said, first of all, you know, as a disciple, I'm called to pray and to serve and to share my faith. That's what it means to be a disciple. They all knew that, and I was stunned. And actually, my own discipleship was deepened as I, as I encountered them. They knew it. They, they had it very clearly in their head that disciples pray and they, 
and they serve and they share their faith with others. And um, I, I was very inspired by that. So my own discipleship being deepened uh, is what is what really motivates me and to know that when we truly are disciples, when, when our discipleship is in its full impact, the world is going to be changed. And we know that. We've seen people um, who, who have made that happen, like Pope John Paul II or Mother Teresa. We, we could point to the, 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 the great models. Uh, but we also know that people, uh, regular individual people, change the world just by their own discipleship, by their own love of Christ Jesus. So that's what motivates me. And, and for the diocese to say that on a large scale, I think is powerful. Now, okay, mate, I mean, before Mark jumps in, we would energize you the most, but now what has been the most challenging in this ministry? Uh, you hear the obvious, right? The obvious of, of people's sadness around their worship community coming to a close. That's been, that's been very, very, very sad. Uh, but I've been inspired by people who are, like even in Assumption, Assumption Parish, where I've been serving, is going to close. <laughs> and I, and that, that's very sad. But, but the disciples say, Father, you know, I can pray here or I can pray there. I can receive the Eucharist here or I can receive the Eucharist there. Yes, of course, I like all the memories that I had here, but I'm on a journey of faith, and I'm going to continue that journey here or there. Um, and that takes a lot. Not everyone can say that, and it takes, you know, uh, a while to move into that space of acceptance and moving forward. But that's been the most challenging part, for sure. I remember years ago, Cardinal George was at a board meeting at Mundline Seminary. He had just come back from Cuba, and he said to the board, they had asked how the trip, he said, well, he said, what I learned in Cuba was that the church is not the buildings. They don't have the buildings there, but they have the spirit and they have the sense of church. So that, uh, along with uh, Cardinal, I mean, Pope Francis's idea of accompaniment, how do you put those pieces together, Jason, in terms of this church, Arena My Church? You know, it's funny, Mark, you mentioned that because COVID has showed us powerfully, and new studies are coming out as people have been looking at faith trends during during COVID-19. But COVID has shown us that people are still faithful disciples, even though they can't walk into their right. church. Mm-hmm. It's been a huge wake-up call for, I think, you know, all of us that uh, we, we still maintain our discipleship, maintain our, our desire to walk with Jesus, even though we were watching Mass on TV with Cardinal Supic or WGN at, at the Mercy Home for Boys and Girls. So we still can In which you're on that too, people. Jason. What a privilege. What a privilege. Uh, so, you know, w- w- even though we can't walk into our church building, we can still be faithful. And, and I think that this is going to have a big impact on us as Catholics, Christian Catholics, uh, because... Um, we're going to be made to look into our own hearts. Now, if you used to say that I'm Christian Catholic because I go to this church every Sunday and you can't, mm-hmm. that's really playing with your own identity. That's that's making you look more deeply at what it means to be a Christian Catholic, because going to that building every Sunday, I can't do anymore because I, I'm, you know, I'm over 70 years old and, I, and I'm, I'm scared for my mm-hmm. life. Mm-hmm. So it's really challenging us to take a look at uh, what, what does it mean to be Christian Catholic and where does that reside? Does it reside in our soul? Does it reside in a building? And so COVID really has kind of put every turn to our faith, our identity on its head. Yeah, I've been telling people uh, this whole COVID-19, churches are not closed. Buildings are. You are the church. We are the body of Christ. That's right. That's right. And, and, and also, I think people really have come to believe that. In the last two minutes, Jason, any closing remarks regarding New My Church or where we are now moving forward to? Um, you know, I just ask 
uh, for your prayers, um, the whole listening community that's, that's listening this morning. I just ask for your prayers because uh, the vision that the Colonel has for the Archdiocese is a powerful one, it's mm-hmm. a beautiful one, and it calls us to deepen our discipleship. And that means that as disciples, we have to do the three things that disciples do. <laughs> we've got to pray, we've got to uh, serve our local community, serve those least among us, and we've got to share our faith. But I just invite us to focus perhaps maybe on the, on the first one and the third one, to pray and then also to share our faith. I invited somebody um, not too long ago. This woman was bemoaning the fact that her grandchildren were not yet baptized. And I asked the woman, I said, have you shared the story of when you and your husband decided to baptize your daughter, who's now the mother of these two kids? Have you shared that story of of what was going on in your heart when you brought your daughter to baptism? Mm, I like that. Mm -hmm. 34 years ago. Did you share that story? No, I haven't shared that story. And we were young, and we were part of this parish, and it was this priest. And she went on for 15 minutes to tell me the story <laughs> that she never told her, her own daughter, mm-hmm. you know, uh, about how faith was, was stirring in her own heart when she baptized her, her, her daughter, now the mother of her grandchildren. So that, that's, that's to your point earlier. That's the simplicity um, uh, of what it means to I like that faith. example you gave, uh, Jason. Tell you know, What's been your own story when you went to baptize your child? That's right. That's and, then, right. and for 15 minutes, she went on and on. It kind she of it. elicited within her that part of her life. And it went from, it went from criticizing her daughter yeah. to evangelizing or yeah. sharing her faith with her daughter. Interesting. And it, you see how quickly that shifted? And when we can make that shift uh, in our own hearts. And because as parents, you know, we're used to shaking our finger at others, you know, as Christian Catholics, we're used to shaking our finger, but it's really going into our own soul, our own heart, and sharing that faith, which is so powerful in our in our own soul. Well, Jason, we need to bring this segment to a close. We want to thank, in a very special way, Father Jason Malavi, involved with Renew My Church. Uh, Father Jason Malavi, the Cardinal's Delegate to Renew My Church, Strategic Planning and Implementation. Uh, Jason, God bless you. You're doing a marvelous job. Uh, stay healthy. Yes. Stay cool. You are listening to Catholic Chicago on WNDZ, 750 AM. Our phone number, 312-255-8408. The time is exactly 830. Father Greg Sackwitz, along with Mark Teresi. Stay with us and do not touch that dial.